The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. I think for whatever reason, marketers who make us think this, that variety is better for kids. They need more. They need more opportunities, like more variety, different textures, different everything. It spreads them so thin that they don't really get to master their skills, which is a big Montessori concept of like mastery. Mm -hmm. And I think is something that even a lot of adults they're missing, right? The ability to go deep with something and really master a skill or master anything, a relationship, your Mm -hmm. finances, your health. It's like, what can we jump to next and next and next and next? You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 333. Today, we're talking about resolving to declutter with Krista Lockwood. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you are here. We are going to be having our last of our New Year's resolution series. And today is about something I feel like I always need to do is decluttering. But listen, if you haven't done so yet, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Mindful Mama podcast. And if if you've ever gotten any value from this podcast, please do me a favor. Go to the Apple podcast, leave us a rating and a review. It makes such a big difference. It gets the podcast out to more people, helps the their algorithm show it to more people. It'll take 30 seconds. I greatly, greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Krista Lockwood, founder of Motherhood Simplified, and she helps moms declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. And listen, if you spend a ton of time picking things up every day, or if you get frustrated by cluttered house, this is a great episode for you. Super inspirational. You know, in Mindful Parenting, we focus on finding balance and simplifying is part of the Mindful Parenting course. It's important piece is to have a an environment that promotes peace and ease. So I'm so excited today to talk to Krista Lockwood about how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist and finding more balance. So I'm excited about this. It may have to do with less toys. Also giving, we're going to talk about giving yourself some boundaries. There are so many great nuggets here. So join me at the table as I talk to Krista Lockwood. Okay, so... Something you said on your Instagram page really resonated with me, which is you can always get more money. You can always get more stuff, but you can't get more time. Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm so interested in like protecting my time and having having time abundance in my life. And I really love that. And I would wonder, I was wondering if you could just talk to how that relates to decluttering, right? Because this is about resolving to get some clutter out of our lives. So, so how does that relate? Yes. So especially for moms, one of our most valuable resources is our time, right? Our time doing all the things that you have to do as a mom, first of all, but our time actually spent with our kids. And so one of the things that I noticed right away, once I started teaching moms how to declutter is that the most immediate focus of loss would be on the loss of like money and the loss of 
the things that they need. And no one was really understanding or seeing the connection between how much time they're losing every single day by not decluttering, right? Because you're spending so much time cleaning up the same things over and over again, spending your nights and your weekends, especially if you work outside of the home, just trying to catch up so much time spent organizing your kids' toys or your clothes or the laundry and sorting through everything just to have it all come undone in minutes. And so I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's really easy to focus on on the money, right? Especially because when you declutter, it almost feels like you're losing the money twice, right? You lost the money Mm. when you spent it in the first place and then you're losing it again and it almost feels worse to lose it when you let it go and realize that it doesn't really have a strong purpose or value in your life. And you have to let that go. And a lot of times we just see dollars. And so I really like to help Mm -hmm. moms shift into seeing how the clutter in the home actually makes them spend their time. And it's in all of those tiny little ways. Yeah. We don't want to waste our dollars. And a lot of us were taught by like parents or grandparents, maybe who grew up in the depression and they, they're just like obsessive about not wasting food or not wasting money, but yeah, there's a waste of time. And, and that, that is really the only thing that we can't get back when we're, I mean, I would, I don't want to spend all my time. I mean, I don't want to spend my time like organizing a garage. Like that sounds really like, that's not how I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not only are you spending more time on like organizing your stuff and shifting it around, but you're also spending more money, like spend, like getting your stuff organized and put into sorted bins and shelves and all that is also expensive. The organization industry has grown. The last statistic that I can remember off the top of my head from 2017, it's grown by like 32%. So that industry of just like bins and shelves and over the door hangers is growing exponentially because we have so much stuff. So it's consuming our time. It's consuming our money that we are worried about losing in the first place. And just it's, it really spirals. I know I, there's a, for me, like, there's like a sort of quote that I like to think about. And that's like, how you spend your day is how, is how you spend your life, right? Like how, what you're doing in every day is how you are spending your life. And sometimes we don't like to think about that, right? Because maybe today was crazy, but maybe if every day is uh, you're spending your time in ways that you don't want to be spending your time, like there's really something to examine there. So I'm wondering for you, um, you know, how did you start your decluttering journey? Did you, you, were you like over the top, you know? I mean, did you just have a moment where you were like, oh my God, this stuff is driving me crazy. I mean, so our, my story is really unique. I actually did not know that decluttering was a thing. Like, I don't think it was even a word in my vocabulary. And we did it back in 2013 when we left Alaska, the place that we were born and raised had three kids and we moved to Florida in about a month. And <laughs> whoa, whoa, Alaska to Florida. That's such a crazy range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like the furthest you can go staying on the continent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we decided to move Alaska to Florida to pursue an opportunity for my husband. And we did it so fast that we just only brought a suitcase of stuff per person, you know, a suitcase of clothes, a suitcase of toys. And we did that because first of all, it's it's really expensive to ship your stuff, especially that far. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make any sense to leave storage unit full of stuff, you know, 4,500 miles away and who knows when we would get to it. And so my husband was like, we'll just start over. And of course I'm like, what? <laughs> like that was my wow. first concern. It's like, what about our beds? What about toys? What about clothes? Like what about literally all of this stuff? And so we did it and we got to Florida and it was awesome. But like I said, I didn't know what I was doing and we only had three kids at the time. Now we have five and it wasn't until four years later, obviously we accumulated more stuff. Um, I don't recommend only having a suitcase of stuff. Like that's not, that's (laughs) That's not the point. Super minimal. (laughs) Yeah. Although, you know, like when I go, uh, we've got, we like to, we do some longer trips sometimes. And like, I'll live for like three weeks out of one suitcase or four weeks out of one suitcase. And sometimes that feels like really liberating to me, but it's, it's not personally, I'm not, I'm certainly not that minimalist at all. Yeah. 
I mean, it was a really good experience because I've, I've, I've had the experience and nothing bad happened. In fact, many great things happened. Like I, I haven't been behind on laundry since then. And that was kind of like my, my life, right? Like on weekends, you just do 10 loads of laundry and try to get caught up and hope that you do. And if you don't just wait until the next weekend and and try it again. And same thing with dishes and just cleaning up their toys and then adding in things like grocery shopping. And I didn't realize, and I think it's so normal for moms to feel this busy and this overloaded with so many to-dos. And it gets extra confusing because it's like, you know, we can't stop doing laundry. We can't stop doing dishes. You know, we don't want our kids to have no toys. Mm -hmm. And so it's most, honestly, most of the ways that I help moms is like break that down and be like, it's not, you know, you don't have to get rid of all of your clothes. (laughs) You don't only have to have five pair of pants, but like, you don't also need 40 pair of pants per kid, right? You just need less. And so I had that really good experience of living with so little and then we just never reaccumulated to the amount that we had before. And in 2017, I got pregnant again and I joined a due date group on Facebook, which is, do you know what those are? No, I just want to ask like, so mm-hmm. did you have your, did you literally like have someone sell your, your bed and all the stuff in Alaska? Like what happened to all that stuff in Alaska? How did that yeah. work? I got rid of it all. Um, so Alaska's pretty small. There was only one donation center that I knew of at the time. In hindsight, you know, I could have like Googled some more. I'm sure there were more local thrift stores, but I held garage sales three weekends in a row. The majority of our stuff didn't sell. I probably sold like five to 10% of our stuff, which is pretty common for most people. Um, Donated most of it. And I got to a point where just people wouldn't take it for free because that's the nature of clutter, right? If it's clutter to you, it's clutter to somebody else. Like we all have the same kinds of stuff floating around. None of it's really unique. Um, And if it is, that's the stuff that sells. And so most of us are drowning in the same things, right? Most of us have bins of clothes for future kids saved in our closets or clothes that we're keeping for, you know, if we have more kids and what if it ends up being their favorite toy, right? And we got rid of it. Um, And so I, I, I donated most of it. And honestly, it's, it's a hard thing to tell strangers because I feel like people judge me for it, but the donation center told me they didn't, they weren't accepting donations from me anymore because <laughs> I was bringing so much stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so we had flights to leave and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. You know, I'm like putting it up in our community Facebook neighborhood group because marketplace wasn't a thing yet. And a lot of it just ended up trash because nobody wanted, you know, a half full Ziploc bag of broken crayons and the donation mm-hmm. centers wouldn't take it. And so that's where most of it, st- most of it went was donations as much as I could sold a tiny little bit of it. And a lot of it was trash because a lot of our clutter is glorified trash. Um, and there's, there's a ton of studies out there too, especially recently coming out more and more with how, donation centers are even overwhelmed by this stuff. And the majority of the donations that they get, they can't sell. And so basically they are a middleman for the landfill. And there's a huge conversation. <laughs> if you want to get into it, mm. we can, but um, a lot of times we think that donating is the solution, you know, to our excess, to our clutter issues, but getting to the root of our overconsumption and why we buy things we don't need in the first place, why we you know, we buy two and we get one free when we only need one. <laughs> um, and that just the way that we can like, overconsume um, is, is a big conversation that we have in the Motherhood Simplified group as well. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too good to be true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job. Congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body 
Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project-verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such an important thing to think about. Like when, you know, when my kids want something, you know, or whatever, it's just like, what is the ultimate destination of this thing? Mm -hmm. And is that, you know, I remember Sora really wanted one of those like, it's like a plastic, it's like a solid, it's like a plastic, like bubble wrap thing. Basically it's, it's a fidget toy. She said it was, Oh yeah. Just poppers. Like, poppers. And I was just like, what the, no, no, I have, you know, absolutely. Like the, I could just see this is like a thing that's like being produced and then is going into the landfill. So it, mm -hmm. yeah, it is like this. I don't know. I know that whole desire to accumulate thing is like a, is, is a whole thing, right? Like, I think that's just kind of maybe innate in, in us, right? Like we want to <laughs> gather, we want like, actually for, you know, all of human history, like all of human evolution, like that's what we had to do was to sort of gather. And when we get, you know, if we got rid of something, it was a natural material that would decompose anyway. And so mm -hmm. it's just this, like, now we're in this world where, where, where nothing goes away, but, um, but yeah, kind of, kind of that aside, I think we want to, I want, I think that what I love to talk about though, is some of the, some of the, the practical things. So I talk about simplifying in, in mindful parenting. Um, and we talk about simplifying, uh, kids toys and, and, and uh, some other things, but what are some of the places for people to say, Oh my God, you know, I want more time. I want, I don't want to be, an outrageous like consumer with oh, drowning my stuff. Um, what are some of the places where you recommend people start for, for decluttering? Yeah. So there's two different ways that you can start. One is with the simplest, right? Cause a lot of times we're so overwhelmed and like have so much to do in a day already that the idea of going through and like decluttering the playroom, right. Or the bedroom that's full of toys. is just like, it's daunting. So if you can start with something very, very simple, very small, like under your kitchen sink or under your bathroom sink is a really great place to start because there's likely a lot of trash. You'll likely be surprised by having duplicate items or at least duplicate products, you know, that do the same thing. And you're like, why did I get three versions of the same thing? Or just find tools like cleaning supplies and tools that are you know, they're old, they've lived their life, they can go or even consolidate things like bags of cotton balls or Q-tips because toothpaste, even if you have kids like mine who open them all, right? Oh, <laughs> why, why don't so you just use one? 
Krista, what do I do about rags? Right. So one oh, of the okay. things I have under my kitchen, my bathroom sink is like, I had a rag bag, but that rag bag has like grown because clothes get holes in them. And you, you know, I just rip them up to make them rags, but then I don't like use the rags that much. What do you do with rags? Like, what do people do with that? Textile recycling. That's such a good question because a lot of people, that's one of the things, you know, we want to, we want to mindfully consume. We want to mindfully yeah. declutter, recycle, reuse. And the truth is, or at least the truth that I've seen, everybody can feel free to, you know, take their own truth, but we just have too much, right? We have too many pieces of clothing currently to turn into rags to use. That worked really well. I actually did a podcast episode with my grandma about this. And she was like, I used to do that with my clothes and I still do that with my clothes, but it was different because she's been able to kind of see the progression and the change. She was like, it was very different. You know, I made my kids clothes. They had seven full outfits and it could go through two or three kids. And by the end of that, I just had a little stack of clothes that I could turn into rags. It's different when we try to use that kind of a practice when we have mass produced clothing and closets full of clothes. Like we don't need closets full of rags. And so one of the solutions that I found that a lot of moms use are textile recycling. And there's actually a lot of them are popping up in like parking lots. If you just Google textile recycling near me, it just looks like a little drop box, almost like a little mailbox. Mm -hmm. You can drop your your clothing items in there so that they can get recycled into other things. And as far as the rags that you want to keep for yourself, because I think that's really smart too, like we should do that, right? If we have it, why wouldn't we just use it? Um, give yourself a boundary. So one drawer, right? Or one basket. And once mm. it starts to get full, you take it to the textile recycling or you go through and get rid of the ones that have been used up enough to where you can be like, I mean, clothing really is a consumable item. Technically, it's not meant to last forever. Mm-hmm. So just go through and get rid of the ones that are, are well, they've lived their life and they can go mm-hmm. to the trash or send the ones that you just have an excess of to be recycled. I think that's a really great option that's come out recently is the textile recycling is becoming more mainstream. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list. So you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Mindfulparentingcourse.com.
That's so cool. I'm going to have to look for that. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> now that I have an option because I can do plastic bag recycling. I can do all this stuff, but, um, what are, I mean, so it was funny because, um, uh, my, I, I asked my, uh, the team, the like mindful mama mentor team. I'm like, I'm talking to Krista. She's <laughs> a decluttering expert. What are your questions? And so they gave me questions for you and they, they wanted to know, like speaking again of like, getting rid of some things. What, how do we get rid of, um, things like electronics, medicines, cleaners, like we go under that thing and we discover we've got like three different cleaners. What, how do we get rid of that stuff? Yes. Okay. First your team was amazing. Cause all of their questions were all of the questions, like my top <laughs> 10 questions. So they nailed it. <laughs> um, but first I'll say Google it because like in Alaska, we were so small. I didn't have a lot of options. When we lived in California, they had like recycling, specially specialty recycling centers for everything, electronics, gym equipment, clothing. Mm. Um, so Google it, like electronic recycling is pretty common where you can just go mm -hmm. drop your electronics off. I would call your fire department or police station for things like medications mm. um, because they properly dispose of that. I know some people, like, I didn't know these things. Like my community actually taught me a lot about these things, but some people were like, oh, just flush the medications down the toilet. Oh, yeah, no, you And people are like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you should tell people why too, because that's important. Yeah, it gets into the water supply. Um, and as my understanding is that it gets into the water supply and essentially is you're setting everybody up to drink your medications through the water supply. So we don't first of all, get a good water filter because- <laughs> It's yeah, important it's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. and all the things that are coming in the water. Um, you know how there's all these like uh, synthetic fleeces out, like everything, uh -huh. I, like everything right now is synthetic fleece, yeah. and they're getting lit like that. Uh, when we put that through our wash and dryer, these little tiny bits of plastic go mm -hmm. into our water supply, and so we're all drinking little bits of water now or little bits yeah. of plastic. Now it's like in our fish and it's in our, it's in us. It's like, it's in everybody apparently. And so another good reason to have a good water filter and maybe avoid that synthetic, synthetic fleece. Yeah. And that, which I'm, I'm probably oh. currently wearing, <laughs> but I will Sorry, say David. like, I'm, I'm on a quest to be better about it because that also ties back to the conversation about overconsumption, right. Mm -hmm. And, and fast fashion and fast literally everything, manufacturing of toys, our dishes, our furniture, like everything around us is produced in such mass amounts. And I think we forget that when we choose to consume it and create the demand for it, it doesn't just disappear. Right. And it doesn't end up in places like our water supply, which is crazy. I There's know, it's really crazy to think that our clothes end up in our water supply, right? Yeah. Like that's just so crazy. Okay. So electronics, Google it, um, medicines, Google it, um, cleaners, <laughs> fire departments and police stations for medications and cleaners and cleaners too. Yeah. Okay. What if we have like kind of all natural cleaners? I wonder if it's different. It's probably the same. I should not make assumptions about my cleaners. I make assumptions about mine too. <laughs> so I would call your police station or your fire department because they have the resources for that. Um, but I feel like those are fine because that's what I use too, but I don't know. We'll I might learn something else by following up with this after the oh, episode. Back to cleaners though. What about like cleaning wipes, right? Like those mm -hmm. are everywhere now. And I love them because they're super easy. I try to buy the biodegradable ones ultimately, but like, are, what happens to wipes? I mean, I mean, maybe you're not, you're probably not like a recycling expert. I'm sorry that I'm just throwing yeah. this question at you. I mean, I don't, I don't know what happens with those, but I will say that decluttering helps you. I think my whole approach with decluttering for moms is to help them get clear about realistically, what do they have time for? Cause I think a lot of times, especially when we try to go down the green paths, like mm -hmm. it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money. It mm -hmm. requires a lot of like shifting the entire like systems in your house that you have, right? Like if you're used to using those kinds of wipes, it's really hard to transition out of using those. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you declutter and you give yourself more time, you're able to decide what kinds of things you want to do differently, right? Like maybe just switching dryer sheets to dryer balls. Um, or oh my God, my dog, 
Your dog likes them. Our cats like them. <laughs> we got these like wool dryer balls. I'm like, great. We'll just use these dryer balls. Cause I never even used dryer sheets, but I would have static anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and the dog like tears them apart and leaves these like tufts of wool all over the house if she gets at them, which unfortunately she, it didn't take, like, it was like, they lasted like a month or two. I was like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Ours too. Our cats, our cats get ours. They're not as quick as a dog, but, um, okay. So we, we want to, we can start with under the sink. That's a good place to start. Start with under the sink. What are some, some other areas? Um, I like, I love to recommend like decluttering kids toys Mm -hmm. because it has so many benefits for kids Mm -hmm. to declutter their toys. And I think that we get surprised in, in thinking that like, we think, oh my God, I'm taking away from my child. And, but honestly, like I, every single time, uh, like a mindful parenting member or has gone in and at least with a a, a little kid gone in and just decluttered it's amazing how much longer they play, how happy they are with it. Like they're so thrilled. And, you know, I used to do like a kind of a toy purgatory where I'd keep the toy, the stuff around for a little while and just make sure it wasn't being missed. But is that a place you recommend yes. uh, going in? Yeah. Tell yeah. us about it. Okay. I have so many things to say about toys because when we left Alaska, I was actually, I'm a teacher by trade, Montessori trained, and I had a little, school that I ran. I rented a thousand square foot house and just had a little, um, in-home center basically. So I could be with my kids and do what I loved. And I did not know about decluttering then. And it was probably more overwhelming to have the toy clutter there than it was to have it at home. And the kids were in hindsight. I didn't understand this until I, you know, got out of that cycle. They were overstimulated. They were overwhelmed. They had way too many choices. They could not go deep in their play which I think is so important for kids. It's one of the things that I love about Montessori, which I got Montessori trained in Florida after we moved. And I was like, this would have been so helpful. (laughs) We moved to Florida with only one suitcase of toys. And I was convinced that my kids would, they would hate me. They would be upset. They would be bored. I really felt like I was being an irresponsible parent by like taking away all of these opportunities to learn. (laughs) Um, And when we got to Florida, The way that they played was so different and wonderful with like, I just don't have any other way to explain it. They played with each other. They played for hours at a time. Their creativity just skyrocketed. And I remember um, the first house that we lived in, we had this big blank wall and they just filled it up with like ceiling to floor because I let them have tape and just tape their pictures up on the wall. And they got so creative and they would create games and storylines with their stuffed animals, which we still have a decade later, almost a decade later of all of their little stuffed animals with like birthdays and businesses and storylines and like drama and families (laughs) and all of these things, because decluttering the toys really allowed them to actually go deep in their play, which I think is much more, I think for whatever reason, honestly, I think it's marketers who make us think this, that variety is better for kids. They need more, they need more opportunities, like more, more variety, like different textures, different everything. And it, it spreads them so thin that they don't really get to master their skills, which is a big Montessori concept of like mastery. Mm -hmm. And I think is something that even a lot of adults, adults are missing, right? The ability to go deep with something and really master a skill or master anything, a relationship your Mm -hmm. finances, your health. It's like, what can we jump to next and next and next and next? And so I'm super passionate about decluttering toys too. You don't have to get rid of all of them. Just like get rid of some of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the same thing happen with my daughter, with both of them. I remember the first time, like I was so scared. She was going to be so mad at me because I had like gotten rid of like 70% of her toys in from her room. And she was so happy. She played for hours by herself. She loved it. And it kind of like set her, she, she's actually kind of declutters on her own now in her own room, which is interesting. Daughter number two does not do that. So I don't know, maybe it was the same thing, but, um, but yeah, like they would just take the, whatever the toys that were there and go, they would become all the different things. Right. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. Like it's, it's such a detriment to 
to have too much and you really do see like incredible creativity blossom when you have things like art supplies and um uh, like a bag of scarves (laughs) and stuffed animals right yeah yeah Yeah. and I saw it as well in classrooms because when I was living in Florida I again I didn't really know decluttering was a thing or, or or that people did it on purpose but I always fell into these roles at every school that I worked in as the one to help them declutter their classrooms because they would be having behavioral issues. You know, kids are like, we can't get the kids to play with the toys. You know, they just want to throw the blocks. They just want to smash the markers. And I would come in and be like, just have less. And every time the teachers would be like, but we have so many kids, we can't have less. And every single time, like the very next day, post decluttering, they would be like, the classroom is so quiet, right? And it's because the kids actually could, they weren't overstimulated. They could actually see you know, one marker to use instead of like digging through and, and trying to decide which of the 30 markers they should use. Um, so I, I've been able to see the benefits for kids both in classrooms and at home. And it's it's universally very beneficial for kids to, to have less. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. All right. Not nothing, just less. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the middle path. It makes so much sense. So I want to ask you about like family members who push things on us. But first I, my, my team really wanted to know about pantry organization. Should we be using con- food containers, storage containers or not? And I actually have this question too, because I used to like have all of my like nuts and I'd put them in jars and it looked really pretty. But then I, I was like, it comes to me in a bag. Why am I taking it out of the bag, putting it in a jar? But now I have too many bags and I can't find the bag of walnuts versus the bag of almonds. I don't know. Help me, Krista, please. Okay. So this is a good question. And it's always the annoying answer because it really depends. It depends on some specific things. First of all, how much space do you have? Right. Because we've lived, we've lived in an RV where we're like, I don't have space for that. (laughs) I just don't have space for it. You might live in a house that doesn't have a pantry. So do you even have space to add in more containers? The second thing to consider is like, how do you how do you want to use the stuff, right? Do you want to just grab the snack and go? Or do you have kids that you need to worry about them? You know, if you buy glass containers, are they going to break the glass containers? And how much time do you have to put into it, right? Because I've had seasons of my life where when we have teeny tiny kids, like the last thing I want to do is dump flour into another container mm-hmm. because I've got a baby on my back and she's hungry and the toddler's crying. <laughs> so really, like, does it, does having it in a separate container work better for you or not. And I like to share the flower example because that was a few years ago where I was just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to worry about an extra container. It sounds so silly, It's an, but it's really an extra step that I just don't have time for. 
But mm-hmm. now that my kids are a little bit older, we do have the containers because first of all, I like the way that it looks. Second of all, we have the space to fit them comfortably. And then after 2020, I decided that I wanted to store things in a little bit more of a sustainable way so that I could have mm-hmm. larger amounts mm-hmm. um, and without it going bad. And so mm-hmm. I'm in a place now where I have time to take the extra steps to like pour it through and wrap it up if it doesn't all fit into the container, right? Which is super annoying to like, oh, God, yeah, <laughs> just, just little <laughs> things to consider. Like, do you have the bandwidth to deal with those things? And if mm-hmm. you don't, it's okay. Like it looks really nice to have a finished product that way, um, but it doesn't always, it's just not always the season of life for you to have that. I dream of a day where I can have my entire life that way, <laughs> but with five kids, I just do it the ways that I can for now. Yeah. Yeah. Really? How much happiness is your Instagram pantry going to give you? You know, like yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's the time factor. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> I, we, my team members have some family members who really want to show their love with the toys. And so one, one member, she, she has like the in-laws and the parents are local. So they said, she said, listen, it's great that you want to buy them stuff. We have too much here. So please keep the things you buy them at your house, Mm -hmm. which I thought that was pretty smart, but that's not going to work for everybody. And then we had one uh, one set of grandparents who were like, I'm buying you a full-sized arcade game for Christmas. And she's like, no. So what do we, what can we do when we're trying to get rid of stuff and your, our parents, our grandparents are just like bringing more and more stuff in all the time. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of different points that come together for this. I want to first say that I feel everybody's pain on this. I was gifted a ball pit with 600 balls at the beginning of the pandemic and two toddlers. And I was like, thank you. Like, I know that gifts are an expression of love. Thank you. And this makes my life so hard. (laughs) Um, So the first thing to consider is that is what have you communicated with your family? I think a lot of times we get frustrated by these things or overwhelmed by them, forgetting that we haven't said anything and nobody you know, we all are focused on our own lives and nobody really knows what you're doing inside of your house, right? Nobody really sees you decluttering on the weekends or listening to podcasts about simplifying. Like they just don't know. And so on their end, they're just like, we love them. We love the kids. This looks so much fun. And they want to give it to you, not knowing that you're doing all of this stuff. So the first thing I always like to start with is what kind of conversations have you had with them yet? If any, how is it received? And to make sure that you share from your own perspective, instead of being like, please don't give us stuff, right? Or especially around the holidays or birthday times, people are like, well, just give us an experience, which is confusing for people to hear. They're like, I don't know what that means, right? Hmm. And it's kind of difficult to just buy somebody a Zoom membership because they're expensive. And you're like, well, I was going to buy like a 20 to $30 gift. And now you're asking for $200 (laughs) Zoom membership, like I don't really know what to do. Like it doesn't yeah, translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to be specific in what you ask for. But instead of trying to focus on like, I wish you would do this or I wish you would not do this, say, I've really been changing things in our house. We've been having the kids have less toys out and they're playing so much better. And talk about what you are doing and talk about how much you love it and how great it's going for you and the changes that you've noticed. And then you can work into And we'd love for you to support us in this. It would be awesome if, you know, instead of buying them all of these toys, maybe you got us like hot chocolate kits. So we made like hot chocolate bombs, which are really fun. And you came over and we had to do hot chocolate bombs together. That would be so much fun. Um, But I think a lot of times it's natural, right? Because we feel, we feel a little bit threatened. We feel like all of our work is going to come undone. And so we get into defense mode of like trying to control them and what they do or don't give. So start by sharing those conversations in that way. And if they don't listen to it, that's a different conversation. But, and if they don't listen to it, the thing to remember too, is that you are the gatekeeper of your home. You get to decide if the stuff stays, you get to decide if your kids even get to know that it showed up on the doorstep, right? Or you get to decide and have those conversations of like, this really isn't working in our house. We don't have room for the arcade game. I don't have the sanity 
for the ball pit. <laughs> like I've got to get rid of it or whatever it might be, but you are, it's your home and gifts are an expression of love. The gift is in the giving, right? The gift is when somebody thought of you and was like, I wanted to give this to you. It's not in keeping things forever. Most things aren't meant to be kept forever, but because we are humans and we care about the people who care about us, we don't want to hurt their feelings and get rid of that stuff or feel like we're wasting their money. Um, but it also, it always comes back to advocating for yourself in your house and your kids and your desires of how you want your house to be. And you can do that without guilt. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, our, our in-laws can't read our minds. Our, <laughs> our parents can't read our minds. You know, we can, if we can have the conversation maybe well ahead of time about how, you know, overwhelming we felt, you felt it's, you know, to have all the stuff and how good it's felt to get rid of stuff and how much easier life is when you declutter, like those are the things you want to share, right? I, I love that, that kind of bringing them in on the inside of your journey rather than just kind of focusing on their behavior. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it didn't change overnight for you either. It wasn't like you just woke up one day and you're like, I'm having no clutter, I'm getting rid of everything, right? Like you have your own process too. And so essentially you're inviting other people into that process. So have realistic expectations, right? If you tell them on December 16th that you've completely changed the way that you do toys in your home, don't expect that Christmas <laughs> that year for them to be totally on board. It might be next Christmas or two Christmases from now that they're like, okay, like taking them ice skating would be a great alternative to, you know, than a pile of toys, right? So be patient with them too, and know that they're not always on, on the same page as us. And that's okay. All right, cool. So it's January when we're listening to this. So I know that you've got dear listener, you have all year <laughs> to <laughs> express yeah. what's going on in your house with your family. Um, this has been awesome. It's been so good to talk to you about this. I, I always feel inspired when, and I love your practical message. That's not like, I'm not going to just like have, you know, three <laughs> pairs of pants and four or five tops, but I'm, I'm going to be, you know, it, this is a middle path. This is about reducing and having more time. The more we reduce, the more we have more time, more freedom, more energy, less of it spent on care and maintenance. And, and, and that's um, beautiful. So what I know we, uh, there's so many things we couldn't talk about. There's so many th tips I'm sure, but is there anything that in particular that we missed that you want to, that might help the, uh, help us begin with this decluttering journey with the right attitude this year? Yeah, I would say, I think that for a lot of us, it, it's over, it feels overwhelming to start and it feels confusing to start. And it's because we're coming at it from like our emotional standpoint, right? The emotion of feeling overwhelmed or feeling guilty or feeling worried about not having enough or worried if I get rid of it, what if I need it in the future? And so if that's you, which is most moms trying to figure out like even overwhelmed by the time, how do I figure out how to find time for this? Try to find just one small thing, like the most impactful thing that I've seen in our community of moms decluttering is to find just one thing that they can declutter, like literally just one thing that they can declutter that day and get rid of. And it always spirals into like, there's this one thing on my kitchen counter that's really frustrating me, right? It's like a pile of paper and you just go through it real quick, get rid of the things that are actually trash. And then it trickles into other areas of like, I did the kitchen counter space. And then I was able to move on to the 100 sippy cups and I got rid of some of those. And so just finding one, one teeny tiny thing you can do, right? One thing under your sink, that's really simple. It doesn't have to be diving into your, your deepest, most sentimental memories of like your baby's clothes <laughs> and stuff like that. Like just focus on one little thing that's not emotionally charged. You don't have strong ties to, and that will give you a little bit of momentum to keep going. Yeah. 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 We're going to think of everything as a little bit more freedom, a little more time, a little mm -hmm. more ease. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, this is awesome, Krista. Um, thank you so much. I'm sure this is gonna be helpful for all of us trying to declutter a little and, and have a little more freedom. So where can people find out more about you and what you're, where your all your tips for decluttering and inspiration for that? 
Yeah. So thank you for having me. First of all, thank you everybody for hanging out. Um, if you just go to motherhoodsimplified.com, you can find everything I have to offer. The Facebook group, which is really active. I know not a lot of people are on Facebook or want to be on Facebook, but our Facebook group is about 37,000 moms, highly active, highly engaged, super positive. Instagram, I have a podcast where I've got lots of little nuggets for you to get started and get going and work through all of the things that come with decluttering as a mom. Um, and it's all there, motherhoodsimplified.com. Awesome. All right. Well, check it out, dear listener. Krista, thank you so much for spending the time with me today and, and helping us to, to re-energize our decluttering efforts. I'm, I feel, I can feel the decluttering energy within me. I'm like yes. already making plans. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> thank much you. for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I, I really enjoyed talking to Krista. It has been an inspiration for me. Actually, to be honest, I've did a whole bunch of decluttering and now I have a whole bunch of stuff in the back of my car. I've got to declutter the back of my car and take the things to like Goodwill and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much all that stuff clutters up our lives. So I hope you appreciated this episode. Hey, remember to subscribe. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, it's such a, a great thing to do. And another great thing to do is to, to, to take a screenshot like of listening to it right now. You know how you take, you, I don't know, at least on my phone, I press like the two side buttons on my phone, takes a screenshot, post that on your Instagram stories, tag me at mindful mama mentor. And you can tag Krista too at motherhood simplified and let us know what your takeaways are, or just let us know that you're loving it. And I, that just, oh my God, it makes my day so much. So I hope you're feeling inspired and motivated. And I, I'm, thank you so much for listening and I wish you a beautiful week. Um, I wish you peace and ease and connection and all the things that make life truly, truly enjoyable. Thanks again so much for listening. Namaste. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.